When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined the studio today by Ali Renault and Shaka Hislop. What a show we have for you today. But there was one moment, really, I imagine, that everyone got out of their seats watching all the football today. It is such a brilliant, ridiculous sport, this. <laughs> Remember, Arsenal were 2-0 down. They got it back to 2-2. And then Reese Nelson, with the last kick of the game, would see Arteta's side take the victory when it looked like they were going to be dropping points. City, of course, won earlier in the day. But what a finish, what a goal, what a moment this is in the title race. And just to define how significant a result this is, just take a look at the league table. As it stood before that ball hit the back of the net, it was just going to be the three points separating Arsenal and City. It's, of course, back to five as it was at the start of the weekend. Arsenal still in the ascendancy and still favourites to go on and win the title. For more on this, let's welcome in, shall we? Julianne Laurent, Nader Manua and Frank Leboeuf. I don't even know. I don't want to start with Nader because he'll do a Manchester City thing. So let's not start with that. (laughs) Frank will do a Chelsea thing. So I don't need that in my life. Jules, that was brilliant, wasn't it? Incredible, really. I mean, this team this season has, has come back late in games to go and win against Manchester United, for example, against Aston Villa, against against Fulham even. Um, but but to do it like that, it was just it was just really something that you you rarely see in a in in a season. It was just it was just outstanding that even the goal that Rhys Nelson scored, the third goal, how he waits for the ball to come down, it, it looks like the, the, the time has stopped almost. He's so calm, he's so composed and he hits that left foot volley. You can tell it's not his strong foot because it's not it's not too natural, but it still goes too 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 good for for Neto to make that save and it's just it's just incredible and in the 97th minute for maybe what could be the game that in the end will define the season if they go and win this title. It's just incredible. Frank, technically, how good is that finish? It's fantastic. In a way that he doesn't think too much. He let the bounce back and, and smash it like he really wants to do it. But he's very, very focused on the on the ball. Knows exactly where the goal is and uh, and uh, and smash it. I mean, that's a perfect, as Julian said, we can see he's a right-footed, but how he smashed it from the left with the composure and also the, uh, the, he's very, he's very relaxed the way he shot it. That's how he can kick it very fast. That's perfection, really a perfection. I think the stadium erupted. Yeah. I, I switched on, you know, from Chelsea to Arsenal just to see that goal. I say, what is going wrong here at the Emirates Stadium? That's the chance or the luck 
of the champion, I think. Well, it's interesting because we thought we saw that against Villa, of course, with a Jorginho goal a few weeks ago, Nader. We thought that was the wow moment. This is wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. And I think you remember the moment against Man United as well. You know, it's very, very impressive the way that they can continue to the very end and get those sorts of results. And even this one today, you know, this I think for me, this is why we love the game of football because a win for Arsenal against Bournemouth shouldn't bring the biggest of emotions. But when the game actually happens itself, there's so many highs and lows with the emotion and what a fantastic finish for a guy that's not played as much football this season he would have liked you know through injury it was incredible the technique the finish usually when somebody's taking a shot from that point on the field so late on on their weaker foot usually comes with a safety warning for everybody in the crowd because <laughs> it's going straight up to you but the way he was able to be so calm so composed and just send the ball away for such a huge moment you know, it was absolutely fantastic. So, again, fair play to Arsenal. They're really getting the job done. And I think that level of belief is going to be so key between now and the end of the season. You know, the, re the reason, obviously, mm. we're excited about this goal is because not only what it means in the title race, just mm. the manner in which it was yeah. scored, the stories uh, that would have been said if they did drop points against Bournemouth. Are, are Arsenal running out of lives here? Or are they just showing that they are going to be the title winners? Well, it depends on... on, on how you view this. If you're at all involved with Arsenal, you're seeing this is about character, and, and they showed yet again. And I, I think this goal is, is as impressive, or it feels, it feels more impressive because of how the whole game played out, from the early goal to Bournemouth, 2-0 lead, and, and even with, with Arsenal coming back, and then at the very end of the game, um, the only player on the park who seemed to want to take any responsi responsibility was Smith Rowe. He, uh, or, or Odegaard, excuse me. He's the only one who seemed to be willing to shoot from the edge of the box or given an opportunity. Every time Arsenal got the ball, they moved it wide and crossed it. And Bournemouth were just loving that. And I'm thinking, somebody needs to show some kind of responsibility. Somebody has to... Has to, has to try something from, from closer because Bournemouth were dealing with that far too easily. And then all of a sudden, 90th minute, I thought the referee was going to blow the whistle minutes ago. It, it, it forced a Reese Nelson, and, and at long last, somebody decides to have a shot as opposed to try to work it out right to Zinchenko again. And Reese Nelson produced that. And I have to say, it, it, it really was. It really was a special and, strike. Uh, Stevie Corbyn said, why are they playing seven minutes? It should be been. Uh, I said, is that your takeaway? <laughs> that, that's what you're taking of course away from it is. Of course it is. Now, to your point about players not taking responsibility late in the match, I think what happens here with Nelson is that he doesn't even have to think about it. He's right. anticipating that if something's coming his way, he's taking one touch forward, and the only thought process that you have is make a clean strike. And that's exactly what happened. The ball pops out to him, and we've, we've used the word composure and to technique and how perfect it was. I'll use patience. The patience to wait for that ball to actually take that baby hop, that short hop, so that you can catch it cleanly on that short hop, knowing full well that you have two players closing you down and that you're running out of time and yet you have the patience in that big moment to be able to execute. The moment itself is great for Arsenal. And what it means, obviously, we know in the standings. But I think it's the continuation of what we already know from this Arsenal group. And it's become an expectation. When they go down, now you expect Arsenal to come back. We do it from the outside. They know it from the inside. 
there's an expectation that they're going to come back. It's an expectation that Manchester United used to have back in the day. It's an expectation that Manchester City and Liverpool have had in recent history. And now it's an expectation that seems to be growing with Arsenal. Regardless of the fact that they go down, they seem to always come back. What I would say to Arsenal is that you got to stop going down. Right. Right? Because at some point, to your question, this luck is going to run out. These things tend to turn around and tend to go the other way. So you cannot allow the silly goal that you allowed to begin the match. That cannot happen. That is not acceptable. But when you see the way this game ended and you see the three points, you're willing to put those things to the side and concentrate on what matters. And what matters is that you're still ahead. To that point, I thought Reese Nelson's post-game comments, saying that once they got the corner, he was praying for the ball to fall to him. Now, whether you believe that or not, that, that's entirely up to you. But the fact that he's saying it, I think, sends a message to everybody that he's willing to take on responsibility. And, and again, just kind of looking at those closing moments in the game where I, I felt nobody at Arsenal was willing to take on that responsibility. Now here's a young man who, who came on, had a huge impact in the second goal, is now saying, I want that responsibility. And that's what you want. When you, if you're putting together a title charge, you're going to have these moments where somebody steps up. And if that person is saying to everybody else, we have to be prepared to take on that responsibility, I think that's a really good place Place to be. So again, whether you believe him or not, that's entirely up to you, but I think it sends a great message to who this Arsenal team sees themselves as. It's kind of the polar opposite of when you went up for that corner that time and ducked out the way. No, well, I saw <laughs> all the corner of my eye Anton making the run. Uh, Frank, obviously it's difficult for you to relate to this as, as one of the most humble men in the world, but it must be such an incredible feeling to be amongst that Arsenal side at the moment where you just feel invincible. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. It must be absolutely fantastic to have that feeling because you you know that, and with a strong belief, you know you can you can turn the the the, the results, you know, um, the way you want to you want it to be. And on top of it, it's always the, the last second, as you said, Aston Villa, the wow uh, tonight, the today, the wow wow. That's crazy because it creates history around around the the the, 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 the squad in the dressing room, but also the fans. Something you can remember uh, for, for forever uh, and say, well, we got it. We got the title because of those moments. We got the six points because of the two moments. That's, that's, that's the way you feel, yeah, strong, solid, invincible. That's what it is. Uh, Odegaard had a great chance just before, like three, four minutes before, mm. and, um, and he was stopped by a defender, luckily. And I said, at that time, I said, mm, that doesn't feel good. It's going to be a draw. But when I saw the two minutes extra, I said, well, you know, the referee goes their way, you know, fairly. Uh, and, uh, and they had the last corner, last chance. You feel that something's going to happen again. And that's what happened. Nelson scoring. Yes, they, they must, must feel so, so strong right now. Uh, this is what Arteta had to say after the game. Everybody's overwhelmed a little bit. It was madness from the first second of the game. It was an extraordinary day, um, a beautiful experience at the end. <laughs> you lose sight of, of where you are. I started to run and I didn't really know what I was running to. And then I saw one of, a kid here next to me, then I give it to security. But uh, just looking the the faces of everybody, the staff, the players, uh, our supporters, with that smile, that joy in their eyes, it's just, it's just great to, to live. Apparently that kid was Odegaard. Uh, Nadem, looking at it overall, the work that Arteta's done and this, you can just see the spirit of this team. 
From a Manchester City point looking in, how does that feel, given you were so close today to closing that gap? Um, to be honest, it was Arsenal against Bournemouth, so realistically you expect them to get the result. And for the comebacks that they've had this season, even with them going down, like I'm not a gambling man, but I still heavily fancied Arsenal to go and get the result. And even though I had to come via something in the last kick of the game, you know, that's the belief that they have. That's how good they've been this season. And as you can see, having 30 shots in a game, you know, with nearly nine, with, uh, with nine on target, like... They were very much in the ascendancy as far as that match goes and the way that they pass and the probe and the attacking talent that they have, you expect them to be able to score. So at times, you know, this game for Man City, I imagine, would have been a bonus when they saw that Bournemouth went up. But in the back of their minds, they know that Arsenal have done this before against better sides as well. So ultimately, you know, they, Arsenal carried on doing what they did. And I've got to say as well, looking at Arteta smiling there, I remember when uh, I spoke to him after the FA Cup game, he, he, was, he was a bit miserable. But that moment in terms of scoring or seeing your team win in the last second, you know, that's one of the best best feelings you can have within football. I'm sure all the guys would agree, you know, it's great when you win 4-0, 5-0, 6-0. But that last kick of the game victory, like, even makes the people who appear quite grumpy happy. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's an incredible day for them. Obviously, City will be a bit disappointed overall, but I think they expected it because it was Arsenal at home versus Bournemouth. Uh, Jules, overall, just for followers of the Premier League, this is so much fun, isn't it? Mm. Incredible, and to be fair, this is this is what we've had all season. Not just Arsenal, but in general, this is this been a season like a crazy season when you think about the form of Chelsea and the troubles that Liverpool had, and the the, the Manchester United ten Hag sort of process, and City and Arsenal, plus the teams like Brighton with the Derby, the leg the leg winners in some games, the, uh, the the crazy result, the twist, the the, the thing that the comeback that you didn't expect. I think this this has been an, an amazing season. Maybe not as amazing as if all the top boys had been at their best and we've had a uh, three or four teams fighting for that title, for example. But it still has been incredible, and and it, it's just the gift that keeps on giving the Premier League this season. And, and today was again, I think, very much that. Okay, let's focus on the Manchester City game now. They're of course in action against Newcastle. Pep Guardiola's side would get a 2-0 victory. Goals coming though in very different manners. Phil Foden, of course, scoring a brilliant individual strike. And then Bernardo Silva with a key goal because City, as we've seen so many times really over recent weeks, would kind of lose their oomph, their mojo in the in the second half. And in this occasion, it would be Newcastle who would really test them. If Newcastle could finish, in fact, City would have dropped points in this tie. Uh, Nathan, would we take the positives from that? Well, obviously, we take the positives from this game that City got it done and got the three points. But there's got to be a concern. You know, are you watching that game? I was reminded of Leipzig and Nottingham Forest as well, where you're just not killing teams off in time sometimes. Well, I, I can't say we firstly. I'll separate myself from that. But what I would say in terms of City, they're on a very, very good run at the moment. I think that loss, that loss against Spurs and the draw against Forest is sort of affecting a little bit the way that people are seeing City. I think they've won six of the last eight. And that's coincided with other teams around them dropping some points as well. So they've actually been more, quite upwardly mobile. And even though the games themselves haven't been perfect, the fact is they're still managing to get those points. Like this is a prime example today. In that second half, there was a point where Newcastle were really going for it. And it felt as if they were going to score and then before you know it this little touch from Haaland and the goal from Bernardo Silva that's that's what they do that's that's this has been City in recent times and you know in the back of your mind thinking oh they're going to blow it they're going to mess up but not actually doing as often as we feel that they are so I think you know ultimately for me they can take the positives they've won um, Edison finally got his 100th clean sheet I think in the Premier League he's been waiting for that for a little while but they're just in the groove. Some of the players are starting to play better. Phil Foden coming back into form is huge for them. Grealish is playing well. 
and they're getting that sort of winning feeling back. They might not be making up as much ground as some people expect them to on Arsenal, but then you need to give credit to Arsenal because they're winning as well. So I'm going to put a positive spin on it, say yeah. it, was a, it was a good win for them against a dangerous side. And for me, Newcastle, you said if, if Newcastle would have scored, then it would have been different. If Newcastle would have scored more, they'd probably be still be in the top four. So the fact is that's their Achilles heel at this moment in time. Whereas for City, they're managing to get the ball across the line and they've managed to keep a clean sheet today. So they won a big game and set the tone for the rest of the day. Nadem, of course, mm. very positive. That's uh -huh. the way he is. We know he's a, he's a glass half full sort of guy. Uh -huh. Frank, I, I wouldn't look, quite look at it in that so positive, but is that just me being negative? I'm a little bit concerned, I have to say. You know, the way they played, um, the way they considered chances from Newcastle as well. I think Wilson or Joe Linton had big chances to score and uh, it could have been, uh, um, you know, very um, uh, different results uh, from, uh, from, uh, uh, from City if uh, Newcastle would have scored the, the, the chances that they had. And in, in fact, you know, if you don't have De Bruyne at the top, you feel that City is not the same. That's crazy to say that because we thought that, yeah, De Bruyne is fantastic, but he's among other players being so, so, so good. Some of them are very good, but if you don't have De Bruyne in the middle of the park, you know, giving the, the right ball at the right time for the right player, it's a different Manchester City. Today, De Bruyne wasn't there. He wasn't good, uh, as he normally is. Even if Grealish did well, if Foden did well, it's not the same City. And uh, I'm a little bit concerned about the fact that defensively, sometimes they're quite sh shaky. And uh, at front, they're not creative that they normally, the, than they normally are. So um, I'm not convinced by the, per by the performance today. Uh, I have lots of uh, wondering, I would say, about uh, the way they can finish the season comparing to a lucky, I would say, and very performed uh, Arsenal. It's interesting, Jules. Is it just because we expect so much from Manchester City? Because we'll say we, they, we've seen the way they've dealt with teams in the past. So now when they're just getting through or just getting the three points, we think they're in trouble. Yeah, we're quite demanding with them, I think. And, and you guys are a really good team. This is so, I mean, I'm, I'm not really sure. I just think this is a great win for City. Yeah, they didn't play great, but they still win. And they win without De Bruyne being on uh, top of his game. They, they win without Haaland scoring, for example. They, they don't concede for the first time, I think, in five in the Premier League. And yet they, they are not as solid defensively maybe as they were in previous years, but they still find ways of winning. So I, that would not make me worried. It would make me more thinking like, do you know what? We're gonna, we, at some point, they're going to play better. I wouldn't be surprised if they win the next 10, for example. And, and if they improve with the ball just a tiny more, then they're going, they're going to be even harder to beat. So I don't think anything that Pep saw today would worry him. Not that they considered chances, not that they didn't create much. He just think, you know what, it was a tough game against a really good team. We won, we didn't concede, that's the most important. And then you move on to the next game already. Yeah, Nadem, stop being so negative. Uh, let's take a look then, shall we, at how the Premier League title odds uh, set up after that uh, result. As I mentioned, of course, five points to separate them. Arsenal are favourites to go and win the league with 12, 12 matches remaining. Mm. Yeah, I, and listen, Arsenal in poor position. I, I totally understand why Where's they... Where's the Shaka Millions going? If I, if I had to put a bet on right now, I'd... I'd yeah, I, I agree. Arsenal are favourites. They, they have that, that five-point lead, but I, I, don't think, I don't think this is anything 
but done. I, I think there's a long way to, to, to go in this yet. And, and to your point um, about Manchester City, we are being critical. I think we're judging Manchester City on who we know them to be or how good we know they can be. We have been a little bit negative on City for beating the team sitting fifth, 2-0 at home, yet we're praising Arsenal for beating the team bottom of the table with a 90th minute winner. And that just speaks to a, a kind of um, our, our perceptions around who City can and should be and how good Arsenal are compared to, to, to their own selves. Um, it's easier, uh, it's easier to, to, lead, to, to chase than it is to lead. Arsenal are in, in, a, in a position now that they're not quite used to. We have to see how they handle that pressure. And we've seen this Manchester City team chase down bigger gaps with less games. I do not write City off at all, but you understand why... No, one, no one's writing City people. off, yeah. Shaq. You, no you are. No, you I'm are. just saying... Mm. I'm you just are. saying... I was a, you I'm, are. I just... I, we, they're, they're a different City than we're used to. Yeah, well, and... They're writing them off. <laughs> You're right, Shaq? I'm done. All right. I think the first 20 minutes of the second half by Manchester City today, that's concerning. Yeah, Shaq. Right. And <laughs> it's concerning because it's happening... Time and time and time again. It's not a one-off. It's not one game. They seem to have these periods of games where they go missing and allow teams back into a match that Newcastle had no business being a part of. In this case, Newcastle, but it has been the case, as you mentioned, Leipzig and Onion Forest and so on and so forth. If these periods of play remain as part of the reality of who Manchester City is, then you can't help but think Regardless of whether it's Arsenal beating Bournemouth or not, you can't help but think that Arsenal should be and would be the favourites to win it all. Who's your money on? Arsenal. There you go. Is it? anyone back at Nadem? Who are you? Oh, Nadem's going to double bluff it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, correct. I'm going to do yeah. just that. Yeah, thank you. Brilliant. Good, um, good. Thanks for that analysis. Uh, Frank? Mm. Well, I, I, I really think that, um, and I'm not going to deny myself, you know, um, from what I said all the season long, I still think that City is going to do the job, uh, even if I have to, uh, you know, refrain a little bit my enthusiasm about the, them being easily the champion because Arsenal are doing great. So, but I still go for City. Oh, OK. Slag them off the old show, Frank, and then still think they're going to win it all. Uh, Jules? 55-45 Arsenal. Don't forget, Arsenal still have to go to go to Liverpool, to go to City, to go to Newcastle as well, and Chelsea at home when City have more home games in those big games left compared to Arsenal, who will have to go away more. <laughs> so, oh. so, but, but he made an argument. He said 55-45 Arsenal, yes, right? Yep, yep. And then made an argument against Arsenal. Just, it just keep in oh, okay, yeah, right. Keep <laughs> right. Uh, meanwhile, I hope you're all sitting down. Chelsea scored a goal. Yes! <laughs> yes! yes! <laughs> Yes! Proves to be the difference between the two sides as Chelsea beat Leeds 1-0. Frank LeBeuf, I know you're watching this game. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I was watching that game, yeah. Uh, overall, yeah, Chelsea deserve to win. They had some chances to score first half, and like uh, all other weeks since for, for months. Since months, we saw Chelsea not scoring goals. And he only came from Fofana to put that, uh, that uh, header, fantastic header, to, uh, to, uh, uh, to score the goal. But after that, I saw Chelsea dropping back, 
He's trying to keep the ball, but let's being very shaky. Like, okay, guys, try to keep that that score. You know, we don't want to concede any goal. So they started to drop to keep the ball to be very, very. Um, I want to say, uh, non-adventurous, let's say, right. not creative any anymore. And then we saw Leeds having chances to score. And the last five minutes, I say, I know the world's going to come. You know, Leeds <laughs> going to score a goal from somewhere. And then that was crazy. I say, am I talking about Chelsea? The almighty Chelsea that I think it could be? Well, we are so far away from there. They are wandering too much. They don't play their football, and they 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 they're so shaky at the end that it's. It, I, I'm really, I'm wishing you know this season is already over <laughs> because you know I want to start from scratch now. Uh, yeah, but Frank, isn't that an inevitability of what has taken place in the past that they're going to be nervy? But they got it done. They got across the finish line, and now they can go into the game with more confidence than they clash, which obviously is Dortmund. I don't think so. I think because what I saw straight after the goal that they scored, that you know they 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 have so many questions going through their mind that uh, maybe they don't trust themselves and they say, well, you know, they can Leeds can come back. We are talking about Leeds. We all do respect so, a, a team who's fighting against relegation uh, against Chelsea. They are the tenth, but. Uh, supposedly they should be fighting for the first four uh, seats in the, in the Premier League. And we are so far away from a team being so built up to, to be secure when they score a goal and to finish the game that I don't think that anything positive but the three points came out from that game. Uh, let's go to Nathan for some sunshine, uh, okay. shall, shall we, on this? They won, Nathan. <laughs> Yeah, of course they did. They're a great side, and I knew they were going to score. Of course they're going to score. You know what I mean? Look at the attacking lineup that they have. Everything's looking to be great. They're going to win in the Champions League. Chelsea are back after one 0 one versus Leeds. Call it what it is. Let's go, Chelsea. Let's go. There you go. Uh, Shaka, did you have the same concerns with Chelsea watching this? I, I said some sarcasm, by the way. Uh, my, my, my concerns, well, it's nothing new. It, this game couldn't highlight more how desperately Chelsea need a striker, but we've been saying that... Um, well, certainly at the very least since, since January 1st, that hasn't been addressed. I, I mean, what, what, how else do you spend? I, I thought Chelsea played well, but you get a goal from a set piece and a defender. Uh, and while Mesley made, made some good saves, uh, it, Chelsea's deficiencies are, are, are there for everybody to see. I, I take nothing from it. The quicker this season comes to an end, the better for everybody in oh, Chelsea. Oh, wow. Very like cheery. Yeah, like this show. Uh, meanwhile, Wolves in action against Spurs and after their disappointment in the FA Cup. Uh, we expected them to bounce back, obviously, in the Premier League. They did not at Molyneux, losing by one goal to nil. Brilliant goal by Traore, proving to be the difference uh, between the two sides. Uh, what happened to Spurs today, Shaq? Spurs are just Spursy, I guess is the, only, is the only way I can put this. For long spells during this game, it, it just it felt like a nil-nil. Because Wolves can't score goals, because Spurs Spurs don't create enough, and then when they do get opportunities, they had a little bit of bad luck. Set piece at the crossbar, Son hit the crossbar, and, and you just felt at that point it, it was not going to happen for Spurs because they weren't creating enough frequently, frequently enough. Uh, for me, so you thought this would this would just play out, and then and then Wolves pop up with the goal, and and that was as much a shock as as, as anything kind of given <laughs> how Wolves played. I, I have to say I, I, again, 
Credit for Wolves, get me three points, but this just felt like a nil-nil from, from the opening whistle to me. So enjoy this one, Shane. Yeah. Um, not as much as some of the other games. Let uh, me just put it right. like that. Uh, so for those chasing a place in the top four, good results for them. With, of course, Newcastle and Spurs uh, both losing. Just taking a look at that now. Liverpool, uh, sixth in the table still. They're on 39 points, just six adrift of Spurs. And they do have two games in hand. Brighton with a victory today against West Ham. They're sitting eighth. They have three games in hand over Spurs. They're seven points adrift. Newcastle in a bit of free fall at the moment. It's an interesting debate, isn't it, regarding who is going to finish in that fourth Champions League spot. Jules, who you got? A few weeks ago, we mentioned Liverpool and saying that of all those teams, really, they were the ones, if, if there was one team that could, that could put together a run of six, seven, eight wins in a row, it could be them. And, of course, the Real Madrid game was, was a big shock. But if they, if they beat United tomorrow, for example, at Anfield, then you could easily see them putting that run on. And then I would fancy them finish grabbing that fourth spot. I think Newcastle are fading, even mm -hmm. if they played well today. As we said, the results haven't been great lately. Spurs is Spursy, to put it in, in Chaka's word, of course. And then, yeah, you can believe in Brighton, for example. You can still believe in Fulham, too. But I, I do think that Liverpool potentially, especially if they stay solid defensively again like they've been in the last four league games, then I think they might go and grab that, that fourth place, a bit like they did, what, two years ago when mm -hmm. Alisson scored that goal to really get them into the, the Champions League places. Uh, and I think they could do that again this year. What do you think, Nathan? Yeah, I, um, I am thinking Liverpool, but it's good to see Brighton. They're just really under the radar yep. you know they win their games in hand and I think they're they're in they're either in fourth or fifth just like that but we're not really talking about them as much as maybe we should be because they've been exceptional this year but I still do lean towards Liverpool just because they're part of this race right now and we've not seen, seen them anywhere near their best so if they can just find an upturn in form for just a short period of time before you know it, they'll be in that position. I think from when they do arrive into the top four, should they do it, I think they'll be very comfortable being in that position as opposed to others who maybe will not be. So I, I am leaning towards them. And, you know, maybe if we had a more consistent Spurs, I would have said they'd be the ones who would likely get it. But for now, I just keep, I just can't let go of this idea that Liverpool will be good again this season. But I think the game tomorrow against Man United yeah. is obviously a huge game. I think if they do win that, then maybe this is the moment. But even if it isn't, I still feel there's some time for them to find something. And when they do, I think they'll find themselves back up there. Well, speaking of that game, let's take a look at the predictions from a whole mm. lot of ESPN mm. FCers. Two of them going for a Liverpool victory. Pablo Zabaleta hates Manchester City, uh, Manchester United, of course. <laughs> He's going for a Liverpool win. Luis Garcia, former Liverpool player, mm. going for a Liverpool win. Myself and Shaka are the only ones going for Manchester United. Stevie Frank, Craig K, Ali and Nadam are all going for a draw. They'll all be wrong, of course, as Manchester United will win the game and take all three points. We'll be reflecting on that on the next edition of the show, so be sure to join us. Just a reminder of those four FA Cup quarterfinals that will be live on ESPN+. Plus. It's in two weeks' time. Manchester City taking on at Burnley. Obviously, company returning to Manchester. And then three games to see on the 19th. Sheffield United against Blackburn. Brighton against Grimsby. And Manchester United take on Fulham. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search. Match. 
with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Five minute back to the top of the Bundesliga after a 2-1 victory away against Stuttgart. De Ligt would score a nice long-range effort six minutes before the break in Choppenmulting would double the visitors' advantage in the second half. Freire would score a late goal, but Bayern holding on for the win. Just confirmation then what that means. Bayern and Borussia Dortmund level at the top of the table on 49 points apiece. Meanwhile, an eventful game in France when PSG are not always seems eventful for the moment, isn't it? PSG 2-0 up, looking good. Nantes, though, would get it back to 2-2. Concern for Marquinhos, who'd have to be substituted during this game with what looked like a rib injury. And then late goals, though, from Perea. And then killing Mbappe would see PSG take the victory. Historic goal for Mbappe, making him the top goal scorer in the history of PSG. Some really nice celebrations after the game to celebrate that achievement. PSG then 11 points clear at the top of the table. For PSG, it's nice, of course, to have that lead in France, but it's all about the Champions League and all about trying to turn around that 1-0 deficit against Bayern Munich. Bayern are huge favourites to go through. PSG, 4-1. Uh, Jules, how are you feeling going into this tie from what we saw this weekend? I mean, there was there were some really good things tonight against Nord and sometimes where they fell asleep and then just stopped... Stop, stop playing really, stop the intensity, stop everything that they were doing so well before. That's a bit worrying, although you would think that mentally they would approach the game differently against Bayern uh, because of the scale of the game and, and what it means and what's at stake really than, than tonight where I think they thought the game was won at 2-0 after 20 minutes to go, after 20 minutes played, sorry, when it was not really the case. So you could expect a, a similar team, I think, if, if everybody, if Marquinhos is okay, if Mukiele is okay, Hakimi should be back, not Neymar, but Hakimi should be back. So I think we will see again the back three with the five in midfield and then only Messi and Mbappe up front to try to play uh, on the counter, to run in behind, especially Mbappe running behind the, the high defensive line from Bayern. And that would be the game plan, similar to what we saw last weekend against Marseille. And, and I think if Mbappe is in that kind of form, if Messi plays again, like as well as he did tonight, for example, in some spells, then anything is possible. When Mbappe is in that kind of form, anything is possible. But it would be, it would be still very difficult to go there and not concede a goal. How big a disaster would it be if they do indeed go out, Jules? 
Well, I think the pressure on Galtier, that was eased after the Marseille win, but it, even if you lose to Bayern, you still lose in the, in the last 16 of the Champions League, and that's not, that's not good enough. You could say that they should have topped their group and maybe would have avoided a tough, tough draw for the last 16. And when you see Benfica who topped their group mm. facing Bruges, you're thinking, OK, well, maybe that's what they should have done. And I think, I think Galtier will, yeah, will, will be blamed, of course, for them being knocked out even by a great team so early in the competition, which is, as we always say every season, which is the, the competition where you judge the season, really. I know it's unfair on them, but even if they win the league, uh, it, would, it would not be enough, just the league, because the Champions League would have been a failure in the sense that the last 16 is just not good enough for them. So, yeah, the pressure will be back on him and then he will probably keep his job until the end of the season. But they will, yeah, something, something will, will feel like he's not really delivered enough. What's your feeling, Frank, going into this tie? Well, if it's the Paris Saint-Germain that I saw the first 25 minutes, I, um, I got some hopes about the fact that they can go through and, and disturb uh, Bayern Munich and maybe win the, over there. Uh, Messi was outstanding today, uh, in big shape, maybe the best player today uh, on the field. Uh, but uh, as you mentioned, you know, Marquinhos, if he's not playing at the back, you know, Ramos does well, but uh, without Marquinhos, they're already a bit shaky at the back. It's going to be... A, quite difficult to, to cop and, uh, and um, Donnarumma can be the best goalkeeper in the world at some point and makes some silly, let's say, anticipation uh, which opens some spaces for, 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 for clever strikers like Blas did today. Um, no, no, it's a, it's a big question mark, you know. In, we never know with Paris Saint-Germain where we can stand and they can surprise everybody and, uh, and stick together and work together very well. And Stevie said yesterday, without, with Neymar on the field, no chance for them to win. Without Neymar, maybe a slight chance to win. Is it only about Neymar with or without him? I don't know. But there is a possibility for them to surprise again. And if Mbappe and Messi do the job and work hard and score goals, yeah, it's possible. But otherwise, it's going to be... Terrible to be out after, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, being in just in the last 16, even if it's again Bayern Munich, and it's going to be hard for Galci to, to keep his position. You've got to be slightly concerned there, Frank, quoting Stevie. I'm not sure that's something mm. you particularly mm -hmm. want to do. Uh, Lionel Messi, of course, will be a key figure if indeed PSG make it through against Bayern. Speaking about the possibility of Lionel Messi going to MLS, this is what the MLS commissioner, Don Garber, said. Teams have the flexibility to do unique things. The transfer market is just exploding in ways that are unimaginable. Uh, we're going to have to structure a deal that's going to compensate him in ways that he and his family expect. What that is, honestly, we don't know. But he's probably not going to be a targeted <laughs> allocation money uh, player. <laughs> Ali, just briefly, what does that mean? What does targeted allocation money well, mean? Well, it's TAM, and it's a, a designation of a player that you have... Uh, you have found and, right. and you are allowed to spend a certain amount of money for that player. Right. Well, of course, Messi doesn't qualify as that because y you would have to spend a whole lot more money than it is designed for that specific type of player. Messi's going to have his own category regardless. Right. It, it's just funny that he feels the need to explain well, that. Maybe, maybe it was in a jokey way. Well, I, I well, he got me laughing. It was funny. <laughs> uh, he's going to stay at PSG, though, isn't he, Jules? 
Well, that's, that's still the feeling, and certainly they, they, they've got a, an agreement in principle between him and his father and the club. They just they are talking. They, they, they had a meeting uh, earlier in earlier last month. I mean, this sorry, earlier in, at the end of February. They will meet again in March to try to find a, the full agreement where he signs the paperwork, the contract, whether it's to two, two years, one plus one extension. They still have to talk that through. But the feeling in Paris is very much that he wants to stay. And maybe he's just waiting and see where this game against Bayern that we mentioned on Tuesday is going, to see how he feels about next season uh, before completely making his mind up. Because we know that one day he wants to play in MLS, whether this is this summer or the following summer or in two, three, four, five years. So the matter, we know that Barcelona, who are really the other option, the third option, but we know, as Tebas said yesterday, they can't sign anybody this summer because they just don't have the money, they don't have space in the wage bill, nothing like that, So let alone Messi and his huge contract. So it looks like it's a final between PSG and, and MLS really and into Miami more even than MLS. Uh, but I agree, with, I, I agree with Ali, I mean I love when people state the obvious. I'm not sure that Don Garber had to say it like that. But imagine you can sign Messi and you say, I'm sorry that we can only make you a DP and you cost too much money, so you'll have to go somewhere else. I mean, come on, of course, they will make the effort if they can sign him to make sure that they do sign him. It's so obvious. Well, the big question is, where will the dog be happier, Jules? In Miami or in Paris? <laughs> oh, the, the, the dog is very happy now. Oh, good. So <laughs> <you> can... <laughs> if he's happy, they can stay. Perfect. Uh, a lot more sensible talk uh, on the latest edition of the sure? Gavin Jules oh. podcast. Uh, you can check that out. Of course, the latest one will drop on Monday. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It was Diego Simeone's 613th game in charge of Atletico Madrid. No manager in the history of the club had taken charge of that many matches. And Atletico would celebrate by playing in the complete opposite way that they play the 612 matches leading up to this one as they beat Sevilla by six goals to one. Memphis Depay with his first start in La Liga for Atleti would get a couple. Griezmann running the show would score a beauty in the second half and a couple of late goals for Morata. We'd see Atleti get it done. Sevilla in big trouble for Atleti though. They are now third in the table, one point ahead of Real Sociedad. Meanwhile, at the bottom, it is so extraordinarily tight. I'll tell you what, Sevilla looked really, really bad today. Looked like they'd given up almost. They're only one point off the relegation zone. Luis Garcia joins us and with your Atletico Madrid ways. Luis, you must have very much enjoyed that 90 minutes. 
I enjoy the way that this Atletico Madrid performed much more in the second half, uh, but uh, without taking any credit to, to Simeone's team that I think for quite a while we've been talking about why they don't have, a, why they don't capitalize. They create chances, but they don't have the, the opportunity to maybe score two or three goals. So with a one nil result, one one, and today was uh, plenty of goals, the ones that we've seen. In front, a team that uh, we really haven't seen for a long, long time. A Sevilla from San Paoli that we expect uh, intensity, we expect aggressiveness, we expect uh, uh, domination on the ball because they are play players who can uh, dominate and create in the middle of the park. But we haven't seen anything from this Sevilla side. And again, without taking any credit to Atletico Madrid, I think this Sevilla was very, very poor, a very lack of desire. We've seen all the way from the defenders to midfield to attacking places where they, they could have been involved into the game. Uh, from nothing, because it really was Atletico Madrid defense the one they were giving the chances to uh, Ocampos in one time, Susan the other time. So at the end, 6-1, uh, that really doesn't say what we've seen, even though the Atletico Madrid dominated the whole game without being in, in any trouble. Did Sevilla quit, Luis? No, they shouldn't, uh, because it could, have, uh, it could become a very, very difficult situation for Sevilla. They are going to play uh, in mid with the Europa League. They are used to this competition. They won it so many times, and they can be focused on that. But uh, we cannot forget that they are one point away of relegation. They could even get into the relegation spots uh, if Valladolid or Valencia win tomorrow. And it's a very, very bad situation. We are talking about a team that is created. It was built to be fighting for a Champions League spot, a European competition spot. And now at the moment, they are going to have in front of them a situation where they need to win one, two games to start believing, to start creating because they look frustrated, they look out of the game, they look out of, of their mind. And uh, today, once again, with that send-off, with the conceding six goal, is a team in, in a big, big trouble, much more if they're going to focus on the Europa League. What they can do with Sao Paulo, Andy? It's getting to the point to where you really have to consider the possibility of moving on from San Paoli. Now, you've already made a coaching change in the middle of the season. You've already thought that the initial manager you had in place in Julian Lepetegui was not the solution. And so San Paoli comes in and he was supposed to be the one that was going to provide answers. What we saw today from Sevilla, and I'll answer your question, it was a whole lot of quitting. And for a team that needs points, and for a team that the brand of football that you associate with Sampaoli is high energy, defensive, physical, that they're able to put pressure around the ball, there was absolutely none of that today. In fact, there was a whole lot of shoulders down, heads down, no defensive recovery, no running back, no marking, no picking up late runners, no picking up runners at the back post. This on the heels or on the back, I should say, of what we saw from Marcos Acuña and the frustration of, of the big piece of paper coming onto the field with changes that were made last week. And he's saying it, we, we're throwing that away. I think there is a real disconnect right now between these players and San Paoli. And you really have to consider that you, don't want, you do not want any stress when it comes to relegation. Right now, the stress is alive and well when it comes to Sevilla and relegation. They're very much in the conversation. Now, for more on this game, Sid Lowe caught up with Memphis the Pie. Memphis, um, that was quite fun. <laughs> yeah, I must say. Uh, 
I really enjoyed being a starter. Uh, it's been it's been a while, and yeah, I must say the whole night, the whole team, the, amb uh, the ambience in the stadium, the achievement of the coach, everything came together tonight, and uh, it was fun. When you go into a game like that, and as you say, you'd, you'd not played as a starter for a while, you hadn't yet done so with, with Atletico, you get that early chance which doesn't come off. Is that something that plays on your mind, or are you one of those players that really doesn't matter what the, what the pressure is like? Because then you go and finish the first of the two goals, and the second one in particular, with a calmness that was really striking. Yeah, I mean, um, it hasn't been easy the last, I must say, this season for me. It's, it's, it's a... It's a really difficult season, a uh, strange season of course with the World Cup in between, uh, some injuries that, that didn't help me as well, but um, I mean, I'm always looking for opportunities when I play and, and the first chance, beautiful pass, I mean, good run, but I know, I, I don't know, I had a feeling that tonight is going to be a lot of space and, and actually I was surprised how much space they gave away. Uh, we could have like even impact the game more with, with if we saw the runs in behind sometimes quite often we didn't see it but yeah the first one that I score then you know I mean not really like a weight from my shoulder but it's nice to have one goal under your belt then you roll into the game nice and then yeah the second one was, was, was even better. Uh, Sid Lowe joins us now from Athletes. Sid, it's not very often that Atletico Madrid and the word fun are in the same sentence together. I was just thinking, you know, that at the end of this game, you're thinking this is Diego Simeone's 613th game as, as Atletico Madrid manager, more than anyone else ever. What's the best way to celebrate it? Well, of course, it's winning 1-0 from a dead ball. So I don't know what they <laughs> thought they were doing tonight. It was all... <laughs> It was all wrong. It was a lot of fun. I, I don't know if you've had the chance to, to hear it yet, but uh, but Simeone talking after the game with Rodrigo Thaith in, in Spanish was had clearly enjoyed this enormously. He was really quite emotional, talked about the connection with the fans, talked about his future here, talked about everything that's happened over the last few years. And it was a lot of fun tonight. And, and you're right, it was a, a little bit unusual. Uh, indeed. Well, the big boys are in action tomorrow, uh, of course. Barca playing early. They're taking on Valencia. Real Betis taking on uh, Real Madrid. Out of those two, Sid, I suppose quite an obvious answer to this, which is more likely to drop points? Well, I mean, you're right. On the face of it, the, the obvious answer is, is Real Madrid are because Betis are a better side than, than Valencia. But, of course, Barcelona, I was going to say that Barcelona have come from, from a difficult week. And yet, of course, they've just beaten Real Madrid in that Clasico, a very strange Clasico, a Clasico in which Barcelona had less of the ball than they've had going back over 600 games. Of course, they've been, they've been beaten in, in Europe. They, 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 they were beaten last week when they had that opportunity to go 10 points clear. So I still think there's a slight vulnerability about Barcelona, not least, of course, as well because of the, the absentees. My money, to be honest, would be on both of those teams winning tomorrow. Oh, mm. there you go, because I would not put any money anywhere near Real Madrid at the moment. It, it really is hard to trust Real Madrid. And, and we have given Real Madrid room because of we fell in love with the second half against Liverpool. And because of that, you say, well, ah, there it is. <laughs> the potential is there. And seemingly, much more so about Real Madrid, that's a conversation that we should have about Liverpool and how poor they were. Since then, Real Madrid have failed to deliver. And in moments in which you would, would have thought that this is the sort of stage in which Real Madrid would play really well against Atletico Madrid, 
against Barcelona, and it wasn't the case. And in particular against Barcelona is their inability to create opportunities. How quiet Vinicius was, how quiet Benzema was, and if those guys are quiet, where else is it going to come from? Well, the answer was very clear. It wasn't going to come from anybody else. I'm going to say Real Madrid, go on and beat Betis tomorrow. Now, do I have any sort of evidence presented to me over the last 10 days that would suggest this is something that all of us should put money on? No. Hmm. This is more of it's either now or it's just not going to happen for Real Madrid. They have to win tomorrow against Betis. Barcelona, on the other hand, I think even with their absences, should be better than a very poor Valencia team. Uh, we'll say thank you very much to Sid. We'll let you go into the Madrid night. Just a reminder then, those two games live on ESPN+. Plus: Barca against Valencia. Then it's Real Betis against Real Madrid. And in two weeks' time, we'll be talking about El Clasico at the Camp Nou. Barca taking on Real Madrid, also live on ESPN+, Plus on March 19th. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Uh, that's it. That brings us to the end of today's show. But it's not really the end, is it? Because no, nope. we've got Frank and we've got Nadem coming back, Shaka and Ali here as well to answer your questions for extra time, plus some bonus footage from what we saw during the show. Oh, what? Oh, what a tease. <laughs> Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you as always for your tweets. Ali and Shaka here with us here in the studio. We also welcome Nader Manua and Frank LeBeuf. Now, Frank, of course, celebrating Chelsea's first goal in, I think, yep, 17 years. Uh, let's take a look <laughs> at his reaction as we talked about it on the show. Yeah, yes! Come on, Blues! <laughs> Brilliant. That's why it says actor. Yes. First and foremost on his Wikipedia page, isn't it? Not yes. World Cup winner. No. Do you see it bringing this? Now, away from Frank's acting, um, you haven't had your phone on you, have you? You haven't looked. Have you seen the work emails? No. So there was a, an email sent round as we're recording the show asking who was the owner, what, should we show the picture? Who was the owner of, it's coming, uh -oh. it's coming. Uh -oh. You ready for this? Uh-oh. Uh -oh. This was oh, <laughs> right across the company. <laughs> <laughs> no! 
Company wide? Company wide email. I promise you. Shaq! 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 Where's your tooth? I left the tooth watching the games. We should just dump it on the floor. What if you knocked it off? What? I'm playing on one of you two. Shaq! Where's your tooth, Shaq? Wow. Oh, no. Goodness me. Jack, <laughs> did you recognize the carpet? Wow. Where is your tooth, Jack? It's a feeling room, isn't it? That's where we're watching, watching the games. That's right. the games. That's you. It's either you or Dad knocked it down. That's what it happened. Oh, yeah, that's all our fault. Definitely. Yeah, it's definitely your fault. Uh, Nadim, have you got all your teeth? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I believe so, yeah. Shaka, you can't claim that now. Just pretend it's someone else's. Come on. Can't take that. Uh, someone may have already responded. Uh, for the boys, in recent weeks, pundits on the show have singled out victories by Arsenal as defining moments in the season. It seems like they're having a defining moment every week. Don't champions have to have several moments like this strung together to become champions? What? <laughs> you're so if we're talking about one defining moment, you need a lot of defining moments as a collective if you're going to go and win the league. I think it's the point. Okay, they've had a lot of defining moments. Yes, yeah. That's but some of, them are, some of them are more defining than the others. You think back, Vincent Kompany's shot, obviously, when City went and won the title. Jamie Vardy against Liverpool. You know, these sort of moments kind of encapsulate a whole season. But they're right, aren't they, Nadim, in a sense that you need a lot of these moments to be a successful side throughout a whole campaign. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as the season progresses, the weight of each moment does become that bit greater. Like that Vincent Company one was right towards the end of the season. And for Arsenal today, you know, scoring that one in, in the last minute, especially having seen City win earlier, then it's the thing that just maintains the gap. So it was very, very big. And for as big as the celebrations were, if this was another six weeks down the road, I guarantee the celebrations would have been bigger again. So yeah, a defining moment is key because not every game that you win is going to be a game which you win comfortably. And Arsenal are checking off all those boxes. So we can't predict the future so let's just live in the now and say this was a very big win and this is one of those defining moments because the question was asked and they definitely answered in a big way what a philosopher Nadem let's live in the now yeah that's the way Nadem, yeah. Nadem is isn't seize it? the day yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah pretty much <laughs> Frank however reflects on the past very much so <laughs> let's, let's go back to the past so that we can learn from yeah exactly well I won the World Cup uh, is this what Fergie time felt like in the 90s, Frank? Oh. <laughs> so Stevie was complaining about this, the amount of added time that mm. Arsenal got in the game. Mm. Where are you going to, oh, wait, I said Frank. Frank. I said Frank. Oh, okay. Frank. Oh. He's acting. Oh, Frank! Oh, no, He's sure. acting like he didn't hear. Uh, <laughs> oh, like in the 90s? Um, I don't know what to answer to that, you know. I, I, believe, I believe in luck in football. I believe luck is part of the game. And, uh, but you, I think you have to seek for that luck. And uh, it's what, you know, Manchester United used to do. And uh, the Fergie time was, yeah, uh, it's, it's ten, it's, it stood on the, on the luck. But because they believed, it, it came and came after game after game. And what we see with Arsenal is kind of the same thing. Players never give up and never give up their, their beliefs in, their, in the luck they can get at the end of the game. Uh, for Frank, I have only seen and heard of the great Eric Cantona. How do you remember him from his playing days and how good was he if you have seen him? 
Well, I had the, I might say, the chance to play against him uh, and play out Old Trafford also against him, but I played against him in Bordeaux, in Marseille. Uh, he was a very talented player, but at the same time with a big character and um, but but very nice on the field as well not a kind of uh, you know warrior that you will think you know he will fight for himself and for the team but was always you know nice to the uh, to the opponent as 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 long as you were nice to him in the way that you you weren't looking for no trouble but um, but he was able to create something special at a certain time where you weren't you know, expecting it. And it's what he did, you know, when he made that chip uh, against, I think it was Sunderland, uh, where, where he looked around and, uh, and you know, with his color eye mm. up. So, but I saw him in Bordeaux as well, doing crazy stuff. In Marseille, um, shooting from 60 yards and almost scoring a goal. He was an artist. He was special. He wasn't the, the hardest to, uh, to cop with, I would say, in a game because he wasn't moving too much and uh, he wasn't fast. But at a certain point, he was doing something special and it's why he's remembered because of what he created for Manchester United where, and Shaka knows better than me, that he was the guy scoring the goal when Manchester United was winning 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, days after days and came back to uh, after Newcastle and won the title. Was he your nemesis growing up, Nathan? No, no, not at all. Jeff, were you not on the show? Well, you weren't on the show actually when I said I had that cassette tape. You know, I think Cantona scored the winner in that final. So from the 95 final, I think it was against Liverpool. I did have that, you know, with all the players singing. So he wasn't the sworn enemy or anything like that. I think my dislike of certain things red came as I got a little bit older. But right. I'm neutral now, Dan. I'm neutral now. I don't do that anymore. Yeah, right. But yeah, he, he's, uh, he's an artist, as Frank said. So you can't really hate on people like that because as you grow to love the game, you love some of the best players in it. He certainly was that, so I did watch him and think, yeah, he's not a bad player at all, is he? He scored past you, Shane? No. Come on, I scored past you. I'm sure Cantona <laughs> did as well. I, I, I don't recall. I, the goal I do recall him scoring, I, I wasn't playing, and, and Frank mentioned it in that 95 96 season. Man, you came and won at St. James's Park, 1 0. Cantona scored the one. Yeah. But even so, I, I, I still think Peter Schmeichel was the difference on, on the day out. I've always described that as the best goalkeeping performance I'd witnessed with my own two eyes, Peter Schmeichel that day. As, as good a player as Cantona was, and, and don't get me wrong, incredible player, I think what he brought to United was confidence and character. When they needed somebody to step up, he was the player to step up. But the confidence he gave everybody else on the park, I think is what made that Manchester United team great. We always talk about good players make the people around them better. And I felt that was Cantona's greatest strength. I, he, he, really, he really was transformative for that United team. Let's go to your greatest strength, shall we, Shaq? Carnival. Mm. Well, here we go. Pick three members of the ESPN <clears throat> FC family you'd like to join you for next year's Carnival. Would like to join me? Ali, Ali? <laughs> We're going to have a good time, Shaq. Nidham. That, that's two. And I need one more. Yeah, it's got to be Frank. Oh, you're just saying it. You're just saying no, it. You're saying it. I'll be honest. Oh, I don't think, I don't, I, I, I honestly don't think you and TV could survive it. Wow, that's very derogatory. <laughs> what do you mean by that? I'm just saying, you and TV couldn't survive it. Wow. 
Craig will have a meltdown halfway through. Right, we don't need that. Because of the happiness. Figuratively <laughs> and literally, yeah. because of the happiness and the heat. Right. Both. Right. Well, like Gab, he could tell you the history of the car. No, 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 no. We don't need no. that either. No, nobody nah. needs that. No. Nah. Jules would be good. I think Jules would be good for Carnival. Oh, mm. More better than Ali, I'm not, suggesting from you. you no, no, look. <laughs> Shaq, you, I was your first pick, Shaq. You can't just get rid of well, it. Yeah, that's because you're in his face. And guess what? I'll take care of your tooth. You just give it to me, oh. I'll take care you of it. You already dropped it on the floor <laughs> and sent out I'll be the designated right. tooth I holder. Remember, I just remember you. you. Yeah. You sabotage my DTH, wow. designated sabotage. tooth holder. Uh, would you like to go with Shaq as a Carnival, Frank? We loved you, okay. you know, and that was the last pick. But please tell me, Shaka, <laughs> that between Juice and I, you you rather go for me. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I welcome a World Cup winner in Carnival. Is he won the World Cup? That's it. That's it. Haven't you read his book? Nathan, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> uh, will you take up that offer from Shaka? Oh, I'm going to Carnival, baby. A hundred percent. Just tell me when Shaka. I'll be there. Yeah. You, know, there. you know what, Dan? February 12th next year. Oh, great. So I'll be February with Stevie. <laughs> I'm booking my ticket tomorrow. Hey, hey. There we go. Uh, yeah. anyway, we could do an ESPN FC trip. Oh, absolutely. Very nice. Oh, yeah. You need a host. You're doing it from the studio and we'll be there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Be there Imagine Craig with that. In the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Craig with feathers on. Imagine Craig with feathers on. Uh, but in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie yeah, wouldn't actually want to go, would he? No, 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 yeah, no Stevie no, can survive. No, Stevie exactly. can. Uh, oh, some tropical times, uh, Shaq. Right. That's oh, going to take me back to my Does that Chelsea win days. change the course or delay the inevitable, Frank? It looked like not much has changed, just a set-piece goal and Leeds being sloppy in the final third. Yeah, again, as I said during the show, you know, um, I mean, that's good that they got the three points, but from there, and I think uh, uh, Shaka was sharing my thought about that game, that not, we didn't learn anything from there. Um, they're still struggling scoring goals. Um, they had four chances in the first half. And as soon as they scored the goal, they became, they became very uh, shaky, I would say, and uh, wondering how can we do to keep the, the score? against Leeds, the, almost the last of the, 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 the Premier League. Um, that's very annoying and, um, and, um, and, and, I, and I wonder you know, how we, uh, Chelsea is going to finish the season and, uh, and if they can get their confidence back. But they, it's not there, for sure. Right now, it's not there. Ali, is Casemiro leaving Madrid the beginning of their problem? Well, I don't think it helps, but I do think that given the signings that you made, if you're Real Madrid and, and you're leaning into what the future is going to be, Camavinga, Chuameni, it made sense to move away from Casemiro. At some point, this transition is going to start. At some point, you have to think about the future. And, and I think Real Madrid right now would prefer to have Casemiro. Don't get me wrong. But they are thinking about what's ahead. And part of a club is to plan for the future. And I, it, it's, it's very easy right now seeing Casemiro playing well for Manchester United to then say, well, he could be doing so many good things for Real Madrid. The problem is that with Real Madrid, it's not only Casemiro, it's that you don't have the best version of Kroos anymore. You don't have the best version of Modric anymore. And so 
all these things put together, that image that we have of Modric, Casemiro, and Cruz is just not quite there anymore. It's not realistic, and it would not have been the case this season either. So I don't think it was the beginning of the problem. I just think that this team as a whole is getting older in key areas, and that transition hasn't happened as quickly as they would have wanted. Donald Yam. Four. You know what? The party bus. Ooh. What are we talking about? Carnival, baby. Carnival, Shane. Oh, Don. Jan. Professionally <laughs> run past Jan. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, there, and there are going to be a lot of fish around. Exactly. Jan can't run, but Jan, Jan can't run <laughs> faster like, than a fish. It'd be like walking with, with your grandma. You have to walk <laughs> like exactly. and then walk and come back. No, I'm sorry. Don would get scammed. His passport would get lost. Oh, we're, yeah. <laughs> He'd be done. Yeah, sorry, sorry. But it would be fun. It'd be story. It would be, with, with, with Don, there'd be a lot of stories. Yes. Because, you know, mm-hmm. his bike would fall over or something. I'd have some stories, Shaq. Oh, goodness. Yeah. It, you're campaigning very hard. Well, I'm, I'm disappointed that I was put in the same box as Steve. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, that is yes. a disappointing <laughs> box to be in, yes. If Liverpool win tomorrow, Shaq, would they be your favourite for the top four? If they win tomorrow? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, ahead of Newcastle, your boys. Yeah, Newcastle sliding. Oh dear. I would like to see Brighton. Yeah. I, w- I would. I would like to see Brighton finish. Yeah, they thrashed West Ham, didn't they today? Yes, they did. But they, they played some good stuff. I don't think it's, it's just of everybody in contention. They're playing the it's best football. It's a bit patronising towards them. Well, I don't know. A bit patronising. No, I'm just saying for everybody chasing the top four, well, outside top three. They're playing the best football. I don't know what's patronizing about that. Somebody thought it was rather positive, Shaq. Thank you very much. Yeah. He's just been negative. Yeah, because you didn't pick him, that's why. Because yeah. <laughs> he threw my tooth down. <laughs> so on the back of another last-minute winner for Arsenal, does the crew have any memories of being involved in a game having a last-minute winner? Hmm, I wonder what last-minute winner game you're involved with, Nathan. Let me think. <laughs> Well, I didn't win, so, you know, I've tried to move on from it, Dan. But if you want to keep bringing it up, yeah, there was a small game in 2012. But, uh, no, nah, aside from that, I can't think of many. Oh, really? Yeah, just lost generally in 90 minutes. Frank, what about you, late winners? Two. Uh, the first one would be 2000 uh, European Championship friends playing against Italy. I was on the bench when Trezeguet called the uh, golden goal against Italy and we won the European Championship. That was mad. That was crazy. And the second one, and because you know, you, you like when I mumble, it's about me scoring against Leicester the last second of the game. Top corner, outside of the right foot, 30 yards away, top corner, Stamford Bridge erupted, Frank LeBeuf, man of the match. <laughs> 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 You want him then? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I uh, Nathan, what were you waving at me for? Yeah, I'm, f- I'm funny. Yeah, I, I forgot. I'm funny. There was I'm a one. funny guy. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dan, there actually was one. It was the playoff final in 2014. We scored in the last minute of that game. And it was the, probably one of the biggest robberies Wembley's ever seen. So that was the goal that got us to the Premier League. We were down to 10 men, had been for the last 20 minutes of the match. And then we robbed uh, Derby County of their deserved chance to go and probably get relegated the next season in the Premiership. So yeah, that last minute winner at Wembley was very nice, Dan. Very, very nice. Was that QPR? Yes, yes it was, yeah. Oh, very nice. What about you, Shaq? Last minute winners? Last minute equalizers? Does that count? Yeah, right. 
Why, why you just why you just keep bringing up everybody's <laughs> most hurtful moments in their careers? How, how do I do that? My last game in English football, there was a last-minute equaliser. Wait, you didn't have to go to the FA Cup. I didn't bring that up. When did I mention? Yeah, you did. I didn't mention yeah, FA you did. Cup. <laughs> That's why you're in the same box as TV. <laughs> I, I, no carnival once, for you. Once did I say no carnival oh, for you? What about that FA Cup final? You I could see it. I could see it in your little smirk. <laughs> there was no smirk. I could see it. Smarty pants. Smarty pants. Yeah. That's what I, I want. I, I want a winner. Um. I can't think of any. Well, see, that's what you went just straight on the defensive. Because mm -hmm, mm. that's what you like, though. Ali? Ah. This is an emotional one for me. Oh, no. Ah. Uh, senior well, year. Emotion there, indeed, at Carnival. <laughs> oh, it would be inspirational stuff, Thanks, Shaq. Don't worry, don't worry. Uh, senior year in college, uh, we're opening up the season. <laughs> and as you know, in college soccer, it counts down. So this was literally the last second of the game. Uh, I score a header. And that week, my grandfather had passed away, who I had oh. a very close relationship with. So it was a very sort of emotion-driven celebration and a connection uh, that somebody was watching out for me. So there you go. Oh, beautiful. I've got no smarty pants line to that. Well, I hope not. No, that it's is a beautiful it. moment. Yeah, that's lovely. Oh, my, my assist for Anton Ferdinand was in the last minute, remember? My assist. This is when you went up for a corner and yes. got out of the way because you got scared. You mentioned it during the show, so I just thought I'd bring it back up. Well, that yes. was the last minute. Yeah. My assist. All right, okay. Um, I think we're done. Oh, uh oh, what's Frank doing? Oh, oh uh, God, it's I like am. one of those reading tests at the eye doctor. What? Oh, 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 yes. no. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> he, I like that shit. He's got to let it go, right? At some point, he's I gotta, like that he's shit. Let it go. The best team. The oh, best what? team ever. Ah, the best like team shit, ever, Frank. guys. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why you come to the carnival, Frank. <laughs> Two people have now sent me Frank's goal that he scored against Leicester. Do you, uh, want, to see, do you want to see it? No. Nope. Should we instantly react no, I don't to, want it? to see it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here it comes. Three uh -huh. minutes left. Viali. <laughs> <Le> <laughs> That's a missed kick, isn't it? Come up with shin. <laughs> shin <laughs> Oh, shit to win. Wow, what a conversation. He's been terrible all game. Frank Bye bye. We're still on the air, somehow. Au revoir, everyone. ESPN FC will be back tomorrow. What about Shaka's tooth? I have to go get my tooth. Hurry up. Seriously, for a Frank. Yeah. Look at him. Yeah, Frank would be golden. <laughs> God, it'd be the Frank show all the time. <laughs> That's right, it attracts attention away from everybody. Ah, uh, <laughs> vive la France! <laughs> See? That's what you get. <laughs> Brainstorm. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Microwave. Air conditioning. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash FC, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash FC now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash FC.